Dare we open Pandora's mystic box? To every generation, a slayer is born, except this time, there were six. This is the dimension of imagination. You are entering the mystic zone. Do you ladies see that aura? Something wonderful this way comes. Welcome to the Mystic Order podcast. We're the Mystic Order of East Alabama Fiction Writers, and I'm Mystic Gail, the Mystic Queen. I'm Mystic Marion. I'm the Dog Whisperer Mystic. I'm Mystic Margie. I'm the Illuminator Mystic. And today, our subject is art, and because of that subject, we've invited an artist, Terry Rodriguez, who also lives in the same town as the other mystics, Auburn, Alabama. Welcome, Terry. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Well, we're so glad to have you here, and of course, we want to start off talking about your art. All the other mystics uh, also have are artists of a sort, and some of us are real artists, and some of us just do it for a hobby. But let's start with Terry. And Terry, tell us about your, um, have you had a show lately? I have. I was very pleased to be invited by the Epiphany Episcopal Church in Atlanta to have a show. And a friend of a friend sort of thing. And so I put together 24 pieces and took it up there in my handy dandy Prius with my friend Sandra. And we hung the show and it was, it looked wonderful. There's a great space. And the show was up for over a month. And I went up there on a Sunday and between services had a gallery talk and talked about my work. Oh, that's pretty cool. And it's called Epiphany? Episcopal. Epiphany Episcopal Church. I love that name. I'm forever yes. having Yes, rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. And where in Atlanta is that? It's on Ponce de Leon. Okay. Yes, which I know is a well, long Well, we road. missed it. Mm-hmm. It, it. We hated to miss it, but... Um, you can come by my house anytime, and, Gail. You know and that. And see pictures. And see art. I it's have hanging a question. all over the place. For Terry? Yes. Were, were the pieces in this show, were they religious theme did you You know in fact i had a few pieces that had that sort of bent um there's one that sort of looks like and it's called illumination and it actually has some religious imagery in it although that's not what it's about exactly so i had maybe three or four pieces that i hoped would appeal to the episcopalian in the audience as well as well as the artist could you kind of describe your work are you a painter or Um, I am a mixed-media artist. Uh, In the last few years, I've been doing mostly what we call assemblage, where I combine objects and painting and various approaches to putting things on the page. And so uh, it's very interesting. I like it. It's what I like to do. That's that's my art. I I call it found object art. Mm -hmm. And the way I started with found object art is when I was doing estate sales, at the end there'd be all these old pictures and the family did not know who these people were. Some of the old pictures were actually of dead people, which they would uh, put in their Jenny Lynn beds all dressed up and take a picture of them because that was the only picture ever taken. But I haven't used any of those in my art. They're quite... Uh, people really like to buy those pictures. Why, I don't know. But that's how I started out. And then I had a bunch of broken clocks. So the next thing I knew, I was putting objects in the, in the clocks. And that was, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. basically my art. Well, I have a, 
friends bring me things. When I first started, I've been a painter. I've worked in abstraction and stuff. One day I brought home a brake pad that I found on the street walking home, and that started me on using found objects. And now, not only do I bring home objects, but friends give me things like some friends whose parents had a motel in Texas for 30 years and their parents died and she gave, gave me a giant jar of keys that people had left over the years. What like wow. the like a 1956 motel? Mercury key. Oh, I don't know. It was some little town in Texas. That'd be a great name to, uh, for one of your pieces mm -hmm. is the name of the hotel. Yes, good, good idea, Gail. Well, Marion, what, what's your art? Well, in the past, I did hand-tinted photography. Um, when I was married to Juan Carcace, an, an artist, we had a dark room in the house, and I would take black and white. Dark room? Yes, we did. We developed oh, our to own. Develop pictures. Right. Yeah, we developed our own film and printed <laughs> our own, our own photographs, and um, I then would hand-tint the photographs. Yeah. The, the reason I don't do that anymore is that when digital cameras took over the photo surface that I need disappeared. And the people who do have it won't sell it. Because they're using, because they're using it for their own. It, you, there are other ways that you can hand tint, but I don't like the end product as well as I did with the paper that I used to use. I have one of your hand tinted photographs. You do, you have one of my favorites. Yes, it's of an East Lake dresser and a picture of of Jesus, which used to be in everybody's Sunday school class. It's that sepia brown colored picture, yes. which everybody would recognize. When he's 12. Yeah. Well, Margie, I know you're the big artist. So. Oh, well, I am the illuminator oh, of the mystics, and I illustrate all their books. But I also work in assemblage and collage. And um, Terry and I have a lot in common because we, we went to Auburn University together, and our lives. <clears throat> our work is kind of paralleled. I think lot. so, yeah. Although and you do much more watercolor than I do. I do, do. Yeah, I so. do. But I own quite a few of your pieces, which I love. Mm -hmm. And um, my book, which is called Bright Illuminations, you know, my work and then the... Where, where can you, we see this book? I, I think it's still available on Amazon. Okay. So, or um, they could get in touch with the mystic. Or, or yes. They could contact and I, I love the Mystics the way you Pod. Get in touch with the Mystics, Margie. Please tell them about the uh, cards you made for us. Oh yes. Well, I'm also in charge of doing uh, some of the publicity, although I'm not great at that doing that. So I did uh, the Mystic Order. I did all these cards, and they have beautiful images on them, and they have the Mystic Order, but they have no contact information. So people get them, That'll and work. they see <laughs> they see the pictures. I do say our books are available on Amazon. That's all I say. But I've done a new batch that has our email addresses, so well, that's I'm, good. I'm getting but better. I, at first, I was sort of taken back by the fact that our our business card had no contact information. But then I decided, you know, if you're a mystic, they'll find that's you. That's right. That's right. They will find you. You build it, and they will find you. It just makes you that much more avant-garde. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, um, several of our mystics who are not here, well, our, our attorney mystic is in court. And so I think she's defending someone as opposed to being charged with some crime. But her husband uh, turns wood and is quite good. And, and she does every kind of art known to man. Just ask her. She does paintings, valentines. I don't know what all. Oh, she did 
origami, didn't she, out of German money to give to the bride of the wedding she went to? It's amazing the things you find that you have. I have a piece that has uh, Chinese money in it, you know. I have a piece that has cow teeth in it from a, a skull that I inherited. And you, I had like, it was a skull that I brought from the country and propped up in the pine tree in my front yard. And over the years, the squirrels ate the skull. They would come and gnaw at the skull wow. for years. And finally, there was nothing left but the jawbone with the teeth. And my husband got the teeth out. And he always, any, any live objects that I, I ever got, he would soak in a bleach solution. And so I had these, these 12 cow teeth that I used in about four different pieces of art. Well, my son always said he'd like a necklace made out of his wisdom teeth, and I thought he was serious because he is a comedian in Hollywood. So, <laughs> you know, if they want a necklace made out of their wisdom teeth, the mother should do it. So I gave one to him for his birthday, but I had to have uh, Mystic Joanne's husband drill the hole in each wisdom tooth, which he thought was pretty strange. And, and probably not that easy. No, it was teeth, not easy. Yeah. It was not easy. And then I had... Um, our photographer that does our headshots make it into a necklace and uh, I gave it to him for a present and he thought it was absolutely weird and I said but you asked you asked for this <laughs> what, what do you He's expect too young from, to be forgetting things <laughs> I know. from your mystic mother yeah I know well a mystic mother a mystic son Margie um see si. uh, where is your favorite place you've ever taught art well I have taught abroad a lot especially in Europe and I have to say, one of my favorite places is Montepulciano, Italy. It's a, a fabulous hill town. And of course, it's the best hill town. If you ever go to Italy, whatever town or city you're in, it's the best. And um, so I taught there for six summers. But I also taught in Paris and Madrid and London and Ireland, St. Petersburg, Russia, um, also in Chile and in Greece. I love Greece, too. The water is beautiful. And so I would teach watercolor as well as uh, art appreciation and take students. And it was American students. What a great gig. Yeah, it was a great gig. As a University um, System of Georgia professor, it was a good gig. Well, yep. as all our listeners know, we're um, a mystic order, and there are six of us. But Terry is also a member of a group. And uh, I don't think their focus is mysticism, but what is it, Terry? The, are you talking about the international women? No, I'm talking about, you're talking art, about pie. art pie. Art pie. Well, we'll talk about international okay. women. Okay. Okay. Well, art pie. Gosh, how long have we been around? Probably ten or twelve years now, and it all started in Katie's living room. Mystic Katie. Yeah, Mystic Katie, who is not here yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we started meeting at her house mainly to drink wine and bring art that we've been working on and talk about it. And we did that at her house on pretty much a monthly basis for several years, and our group grew and finalized at eight members. And it took us forever to come up with our name. For a long time, we just we tossed things out and nothing seemed to work, and finally we got serious about it once again, which meant drinking several glasses of wine, and we came up with a list of four names, uh, and I can't remember what the... Oh, one of them I thought of was Artemisia, after the Italian artist Artemisia Gentileschi. I like that one. I, I thought it was a great one. It turns out someone had already thought of it, so we couldn't use that. So then we came... Plus, you can't spell it. I can spell it. Well, okay, okay. Then, Terry. We're going to put you on Jeopardy against James. Oh, good. Somebody needs to 
<laughs> fix that guy. Um, so anyway, we finally voted on Art Pie. Then we had to do a logo, and that took that we had two two graphic designers in the group. I'm a graphic designer, and June Corley is a graphic designer, and so we had a competition, and I won, <laughs> and I don't think June's over it yet. Sorry, June. Um, but anyway, so now we are Art Pie. We've been Art Pie for about five years now, and we had our first group show at Katie's house. Katie lives in a beautiful uh, old house that was uh, moved out in the country, and has wonderful space in it, and so she and her husband moved things out so that so that all of Art Pie could come in and hang work, and we had our first show there, and it was very successful, and people drove out, you know, to the outskirts of Opelika for the opening. We That's weren't sure. house. Yes, beautiful. Is it a half-timber? Uh, yes, it's one of those, looks like, like a German something or another, yes. Right, it is a beautiful space, and I went to one of your shows as well, that was at the Unitarian Church. Yes, I am a Unitarian Universalist, and therefore we had the the uh, the pull to have that space for uh, our show. And we've had three shows there, I think, and that was worked out very well because it's centrally located in Auburn. You don't have to drive out into the country to get to it. And so we had three very good shows there. And um, this year we went out of town to a gallery in Dadeville called the Raining Dog Gallery, and we had a show there. So we show our work, we talk about our work, and we have a wonderful time together. Well, I am glad we're talking about Art Pie because the, the last fairy, I guess, to bless this uh, podcast is coming in now. Um, Mystic Katie's here. So she is also an Art Pie member, and we're also going to need her later when we're talking about weird and strange oracles and freaks, etc. So, welcome, Katie. It's very good to be here, finally. I've been babysitting. Do I look like a harried grandmother? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I feel like you one. never look harried <laughs> in your life, Katie. I look like the grandmother. <laughs> well, we were just talking about Art Pie and about the show at your house and the show at the Unitarian Church. When will the next Art Pie show be? Do we know, Terry? We know that we can have a show again next year at Raining Dogs. Now, we might have one somewhere else. Raining, Where is Raining Dogs? It's in Dadeville. So it's, you know, you have to drive 20 miles to get and to that show. And where in Dadeville is it? Is it open all the time? Or? It's open most, I think it's open Monday through Saturday kind of thing. One Maybe to five. On one to five. One to five. Is there a show there now? Yes, yes, I'm sure there is. There's I know always Martin a show. I was in the first show uh, was. at Raining yes. Dogs, and they were celebrating the opening of the building, and they introduced the mayor, the vice mayor, the trice mayor, and you know the city. The council, head of the arts association, the, fi- the firemen, right. and uh, Margie's standing in all of her art, and someone yelled from the back, "Who's the artist?" And <laughs> so. We did get to get an introduction for Margie yep. at Rainy that, Dog. That was Gail that yelled. I think I was going to say, I think I know who yelled that. Our queen. Thank uh, you, Gail. I have to be responsible for these mystics. So, but now what's up at Raining Dogs? Kyle Braun has a show That's there right. right now. And another, another potter from Columbus, Georgia. I don't remember his name right offhand. But the art organization that sponsors a lot of things up there is called Everything's Art. And um, everything's art is that uh, that's, that's their name, the name of the group. Oh, well, that's yes. at least well, they're very active. 
They so are. They are. Yeah, that's good. We don't have anything like that in Auburn, nor do we have a gallery in Auburn. No, we it's really amazing. Don't. Well, Katie, recently we went to visit uh, one of our favorite authors, Rita Grimsley Johnson, and we were exposed to some art. Do you want to tell about our trip? We did have an amazing trip because we had an amazing host. That's she right. just put the dog on for us. I mean, just so our first best part was that we got to actually talk to the woman whose book we had read. Oh, yeah, we had read Family Bible by Melissa Delridge, and uh, Rita had met her at uh, some book sales, and so we called her on the phone, and Rita is a Luddite, so she doesn't have a uh, Apple phone. She has some kind of flip thing, so we had to call her on my phone. We could have actually Skype, uh, Skyped her, but um, I think that was too much for the Luddites. So we just <laughs> called her on the phone and put the phone in the middle of the group and talked with the author, and that was fun. It was fun. It was great to hear straight from the author's mouth about not only writing the book, but um, the repercussions when you write <laughs> about people that it's you grew memoir. up with. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a memoir. Uh, and she was born in Tuscaloosa, and I know that's a fault, <laughs> but uh, she had, couldn't help it. And the book, the memoir ends with her work in the famous Bryce Hospital there. So it was a very, she's a wonderful writer. She is. And yeah. you can get it on Amazon, Family Bible by Melissa Delridge. But you have to type in Melissa Delridge or you're going to buy a family Bible. <laughs> in so. fact, she said it had really upped her sales because people who were looking for Bibles got her book, <laughs> which was a little different from what they were looking for. Right. Well, also, we brushed with, had a brush with art, and that is we went to Ocean Springs, Mississippi, and we saw wonderful examples in the museum of oh, gosh. Walter Anderson. Walter, Walter Anderson. Anderson, yes. Yeah. I just I love that museum. I love his work, too. Um, and then eventually we got to the um, family pottery studio, too. Sheer, so, Shearwater. Sheer water, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we sort of bookended our trip with... Ocean Springs on either side of it. That's right. And then we went to the Ore Museum, and it's the Ore O'Keefe Museum. And the last time I was went, I went there. It's in Biloxi. It's these silver pods, and only one pod was open. And so they said the other two would be opening soon. And at that time, it was the Ore Museum for the crazy potter of Biloxi. So I figured when it changed from Ore to O'Keefe that the next two pods would be Georgia O'Keeffe. Well, much to my surprise, Georgia O'Keeffe has nothing to do with this museum. And the other not the only O'Keeffe. She's not the right. only O'Keeffe, yeah. So that's an interesting <coughs> museum and beautiful just to see the architecture. So we had a big art trip. Well, Mary and I know you hang out with a lot of artists, and especially my two favorite for local artists, because they're cute guys. And that's R.C. Hagen's and Butch Anthony. Will you tell us a little bit about this? Well, I think you summed it up when you said artist and cute guys. <laughs> um, you know R.C. better than I do, I believe. I grew up, Butch and I grew up close together. His brother and I were in the same class in high school, and Butch was just a little boy when I first met him. But he's In some ways, he's still just a little well, boy. Well, that's one of the things I think that makes his art so wonderful is that he never... Um, took on the cynicism that adulthood brings with it, I believe. Yes, I, um, I agree with you on those two artists. Where are you and Butch from, exactly? Russell County. Butch is from 
seal and he lives on Poe House Road there and I'm from about nine miles away at Jernigan, Alabama. So have any of the other mystics ever been to the Do Nanny or Terry? Have you ever been no, to the I don't Do know Nanny? what the Do Nanny is. Do no, Nanny's over now because oh, um but it was the burning man of the South and Butch Anthony would put it on every year and all these folk artists would come in and sell their work. So I went to, I think I must have gone to every do nanny until the end. Why did it end? Well, I just think having people on his property in that great number was an insurance problem. Plus, I think the fact that they burned a 18-foot-tall man, it wasn't a burning man, it was whatever. Was it bicycles? I'm trying to remember what it was. I think every year it changed. Sometimes it was body parts. (laughs) But oh my goodness! I never stayed for the burning. John David stayed one year for the burning. And John David is your my son, son right. right? But the 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 do nanny before the do nanny, Butch and another a local man named Frank Turner started a little art museum in a two room shack in Pittsview, and that was sort of the beginning of Butch. Butch had that hearse he drove back then that was all decorated and painted, and. People from Atlanta on their way to the beach going down 431 would stop at Frank Turner and Butch's little museum Mm -hmm. there. And then the galleries started coming to buy the art out of the museums, and that sort of turned into the do nanny. Now Butch drives a um, Cadillac that he bought from Leon Russell. It's a 1902 one, and he's gluing trophies to it. And I guess it's his trophy car. It was parked on Sanford not long ago. Oh, it was? It was. I took pictures of it on Sanford. Now, the last time I saw Butch, he was driving something that didn't have any doors on it. Well, and of course, <laughs> Butch is always in overalls. But Butch and R.C. are good friends, and they do a lot of collaboration. I think one of my very favorite I heard about, and I'm not even, probably don't have the story straight, but... Um, Butch Anthony bonifies everything, including an Audubon print I have uh, of Blue Jays. He's put bones on them. So that's his thing, to bonify everything. He takes old pictures, old pictures, and bonifies them. And um, R.C. did a wonderful portrait of Butch and gave it to him. And Butch, uh, the tale goes, bonified it, and then... X'd out R.C.'s little name and signed <laughs> his name to it. So that's, that's what a, friends are for. That's probably uh-huh. a valuable piece of art. Do, does Art Pie ever do collaborative pieces? You know, we tried one time. Remember, we all or we had this idea where we got where some object that we all went home with and we were going to do something with. Right. Never happened. No. And then we were going to do. What was the object? I can't that's, remember. Was it? It was some. Was it a small object? Or maybe even one of Brenda's gourds. I think it was. And a gourd then we were supposed, we were supposed to, to do our own. Yeah. Thing and then to the yeah, yeah. We have yet to uh, actually make that work. And one time we had this theme that we were all supposed to draw on, and the next meeting came, and nobody. We're just we're just not good at taking orders. I think what we did do though was the um, piece um, that we did for um, the fundraiser. Yes, that we put together, Falula, mm-hmm. Falula, Falula, uh-huh. Falula, which was a, a school Fula, in Africa. Some, yeah, that a 
a woman who was on faculty or actually a grad student was working on. So we did that as a fundraiser. Yes, that was that was a great deal of fun. And then we did the going away piece when when Brenda moved, when Susie moved. Correct, and Brenda and too. And I did. Yeah. I, I was one of my object pieces, and everybody contributed things. And we and we I did a map of Susie's life, and we put all the stuff on it. That was fun to do. Mm-hmm. So well, I want to mention that in our trip this past weekend to see um, Rita, I got the really special garage bedroom, which was amazing. And I walked in, and over the bed was a Terry Rodriguez hanging. Wow. And then in the living room, well, the sitting room, there was another one. So Yay. I was like, she's, she's here with us. Her husband bought Oh, I know. Yeah. I remember when he bought them. Yeah. yeah. So you're everywhere. You're everywhere. Yeah, you are. Well, At least in the southeast. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what better place to be? That's right. Uh, talking about collaborations, of course, the Mystic Order of East Alabama fiction writers are writers, and we write books, and we're always asked, I think people feature us sitting at this table, writing a sentence and passing the paper to the next person. Is that how you do it, they say? And I'll go, no, we all write our short stories and bring them here, and then put the, the collection together. So the mystics have actually done a lot of collaborating. That's a fun part for me. Um, have you ever been to the Museum of Wonder that Butch Anthony has? Or the, did you know there's a Woods of Wonder? I did not know that. I didn't know about no. Is the Woods of Wonder at Butch's? Or? Yes, in the woods. I've wandered in those woods, and well, I was, of it was sort have. of wonderful. We won't, we won't go there. <laughs> we will not go to Well, I guess we better. Go ahead and tell us. That, that. sounds no, like no. a short story no, to me. No, no, no. I'll, I'll carry something to that. I'll, I'll make a short story out of that. But... Yes, he has the Museum of Wonder on his property on Poe House Road, but he's now also has um, Possum Trot, where the auctions take place on Friday night. And one whole room of that is sort of similar to the Museum of Wonder. He has teeth and skulls and old signs and all sorts of curiosities that he's found hither and yon there too. When I went to the Museum of Wonder... Um, which is on his farm, and it's a shack, basically, with, um, I guess on the floor is pebbles, or, well, I don't know. I think I remember it just being a wood floor. Or dirt. No, I think some Is it dirt? But I was, there were only two people there, and that was uh, Mystic Gale, and with my little phone camera. And then there was some guy there with this huge camera just being obnoxious, taking up every room, so... Um, I would say thanks to him when I, I'll, I'll be through in here in a moment. Well, later <laughs> on, I, I found out that he was from New York Times doing a Oops. article, a huge Sunday <laughs> article on Butch Anthony, so I felt a little foolish, pushing him out of rooms and, and making myself aggressively photog- and with my little photography on the phone, but I did get some good pictures. I have two pieces by Butch. I told you about the bona fide one, but I have one of his shoebirds. And it's a bird made out of a shoe, and it's absolutely fabulous. Do, do any of y'all have Butch Anthony pieces? I do not. I've no. seen his stuff and shows and stuff, but I've never bought a piece. And I have several R.C. Hagens, but my favorite is Frida Kahlo holding the revolver. And he painted it on a Japanese screen turned sideways, and I just I think it's fabulous. I have one of your pieces back there, too. Good. It's a painting you did, I think, of Blair Hobbs. Oh, yes, that is very old. That's, that was back when I was in a whole other artist group. That was in Studio 218, and we all did portraits of each other. Uh, it's yeah. fab. Thank I, you. I really mm-hmm. love it. I always hang it. A lot of my art, 
I had to sell a lot of my art when I downsized due to my age and decrepit, decrepit <laughs> state. But I, I did not sell that. It's hanging up in my... I have one room where I write, and in that room is all my favorite pieces. Oh. So we went to see an artist in, in um, Past Christiane, Kat Fitzpatrick, and toured her studio. But the thing that was... Well, her stuff is wonderful, but most wonderful is the new building she's made. She calls the temple, and it's a screened-in porch. And I, I think probably she had some... Um, she got maybe the Vatican to send her copies of some of their outbuildings. That's what it looked like. So we sat there, and then we, we toured her artwork. And I have her piece, which is also Frida Kahlo. So if you're ever in Past Christiane, try to catch up with Kat Fitzpatrick mm -hmm. for your piece of art. She also teaches a lot of workshops. Um, in fact, she's going to be up at Snowbird somewhere this summer and goes back every year and does um, teaches art up there. May I ask, is that a C or a K for Kat? K. K. Okay. Another artist locally is Bo Bartlett, who has a wonderful center and the University um, of Columbus University in uh, Columbus, Georgia. And in his center, it's all of his paintings, and then there's a whole room of his process when you're talking about bones and um, just sketchbooks and everything he thinks of in order to put his paintings together. It's a really fascinating ex exploration of the mind and process of an artist. And our Jewel Collin Smith Museum has a wonderful piece by him, too, for anybody in Auburn who isn't headed toward Columbus anytime soon can see his work. Anderson Luster, who lives out at um, Waverly. In my an, old house. Is that your old, your old house? house. Yeah. Uh -huh. Have you but seen I what he's done to it? Oh, it, that's behind the house. Behind, oh. yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, he bought that house from me, gosh, 30 years ago. It's a wonderful house. I used to have dreams about it for about 10 or 15 years after I moved into Auburn, I would have dreams about that but house. But you have a wonderful house now. I do. In a great I neighborhood. I do, so far. Sitting on so some far. real estate. <laughs> I know it, man. I get cards every week. I get postcards. We will buy your house for cash. No, <laughs> no thank you. Well, somebody bought mine for cash, and that was lovely. So we will go on talking about... Oh, I want to say one more thing about... Um, Butch Anthony, and that was, I read a little thing about him, and he said he took his wife on their second date to a, um, a Native American wall. And I thought, I wonder, is that the wall where I went to in Florence, Alabama, which is called Tom's Wall? Have y'all ever never, been to Never Florence? heard of it. Uh -huh. It's absolutely gorgeous. Have you been there, Mark? No, I haven't. Tom's Wall? You have, Katie. Well, it's... Um, in honor of a Yuchi Indian girl who was made to do the Trail of Tears with her sister, and when she got out to Oklahoma, she was living in Florence near the Tennessee River, and it was called the Singing River, and she couldn't hear a single river in Oklahoma, so she decided to walk home, and it took her five years, and there were a lot of trials involved there. So her great-great-grandson Tom Hendricks decided to build this wall and a lot of it is stones out of the Singing River, the Tennessee River, in honor of his grandmother. And when someone told me about it I thought well you know we got a lot of stone walls so what? Well I mean this is, oh, I can't quite describe it. Can you Katie? Well it, it meanders for one thing and I think part of the wall represents her journey there and the other part 
her journey back um, on either side. And there's also this amazing prayer circle in the middle of mm-hmm. it that you can only go into. We, I guess you could go into it, but he asks you have to sort of ask permission of the spirits to be Uh-oh. able to go there. Um, and you're not supposed to have a telephone or any electronic device on you when you're in there. Um, but anyway, he's had shamans come blessed and Buddhist monks. It's, it's and amazing to It's look a beautiful at. place. Uh, it's the largest unmortared rock wall in the United States. So um, Where is it again? It's in Florence. Well, yeah, between Florence and the Natchez Trace, Tuscumbia, Florence area up in there, and it is... Is it is it hard to find? Are there it's, signs it's, that say this way to no. the no? Okay, yeah, it's not oh like dear. Rock City, but I think so many people know about it. You mm-hmm. can ask. Uh, yeah, and it's literally like a, less than a quarter mile off of the Natchez Trace. So as you come into Alabama from Tennessee, on the Natchez Trace, you can just drop right off there and, mm-hmm. and see it. And it's just it really is one of those places where you feel like there's something very special afoot there or in the air. When I was reading about Tom Hendricks, he had his great-great-grandmother's journals, and he had some Uchi Indian people translate them, and that's when he decided to honor his ancestors and built this wall. And it really is impressive. The day I went there, it was a fall day, and it was really chilly, and the leaves are blowing up against the wall, and you know that scattered light that comes through the trees in the fall? It was it was something, and I would recommend it to anyone. Well, I guess I wanted to ask y'all, who are your favorite local artists? And especially in Art Pie, well, of course, you can't pick out one because then you'd be in trouble. But Big trouble. Could you tell us about them? The, the first one, I mean, all of Art Pie is wonderful, and, and my life would not be the same without any one of them. But the first one that popped in my mind just now was Dee Smith, who is a horticulturist extraordinaire. I mean, she's worked for the Callaway Gardens and the Callaway Foundation, and and she was also in charge of the Arboretum at Auburn University. And in her spare time, she makes these wonderful ceramic pieces. And she sort of started off small, uh, and I have several pieces of hers. One of my favorites is this sort of plain glass vase that she covered with stones and gems and, and ceramic pieces, and it's just this wonderful sculpture. And and she's gone bigger and bigger, and she had a, an entire mannequin that she covered with pieces of glass and ceramic that she cut herself, and uh, rosettes and things, and they're, I mean, they're just gorgeous. They are so beautiful. Does she sell her work or just show her work? She has them for sale, but they the price uh, reflects the amount of time that she put into making these pieces, and uh, so they are for sale and worth every penny to someone who has two or three thousand dollars. She has smaller things, like the vase that I have is about 12 inches high, and you know when Art Pie has a show, we all end up buying each other's <laughs> things, and so... That's true, book, yeah. uh, book signings, you know, or <laughs> where authors meet. That's how Melissa Delridge and Rita met. They were at... Their book signing, I think, was at the craft show in Fairhope, which is a big craft show. A lot of people go there, but they go there for crafts and art. Mm-hmm. 
So it's not a big seller for books. So in the end, they traded books and they became good friends through this art show. But a lot of times I'll go to a book signing and I'll have a copy of every single person's book that's there. Another, another favorite artist of mine from Art Pie is June Corley. I was about to say, talk about June Corley. Yes. Yeah, she, she makes these wonderful sculptures that a lot of times they're animals, but they're out of discarded letters and machine parts and all kinds of found objects. And, and, and you know, from she, old yeah, well, yeah. she was a, is, worked for many years as a, gra a graphic designer and she started collecting. Uh, type like for for making signs so like either big letters that might be on a billboard or smaller pieces that are actually for printing and she started collecting those letters and just collected yeah, like them for many years letterpress, yeah. Yeah. and then one day she made her first sculpture and it was an animal and she just has kept doing that yeah, and, and she has, has been very successful with those she's, I think she, she's won first place in the Atlanta Folk Art oh, Show oh yeah and she's she? been in the uh, in the Arts Council the U, the American Arts Council shows and stuff like that she's she's really and what's her name again? June Corley June Corley mm -hmm. and Mary? I think we did a reading at June Corley's we absolutely did. I was going to say one of my favorite pieces of June's is the xylophone dog. Oh, she's, She'd yeah. get old metal xylophone yeah. children's toys from our childhoods. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can't get a metal xylophone anymore. Yeah. And that would be the body of the dog, and then she'd add maybe a Z or a sideways right. V uh -huh. or oh, something for so the, cool. the head and the tail. and find her work, yeah. The um, reading at her place was absolutely wonderful, was. too. And there were so many people there that they couldn't park everyone. That was fun. Also, we went to Winn-Dixie and bought $100 worth of fried chicken, and I barely got the grease off of all our aprons for the next six months. But <laughs> there was, It was a great photo opportunity, too, because that picture of us in the ploy of cooking is around her. Um, it's in the poppy field. Well, we have that one, too, but we also have the one. What's her little car? A Thunderbird. Mm -mm. No, the, the, I, I, the most recent car, the little boxy car. The little car, yeah. yeah. The, I can't think of the name of it, but everybody loves that little car. Everybody that sees that photograph of us misses us completely, although we're cute in it. Oh, but they yes. go for the car. Well, nothing's different about that. Was it an Alfa Romeo, an Aston Martin, uh I thought an old we were around the Thunderbird. You're talking about the picture that we used in one of our books. And speaking of our books, um, we've not talked much about our short story book, "Be the Flame, Not the Moth." But is that still available on Amazon, or do you have to contact a mystic through Mystic Ways? We don't even know. This this is sad that we don't know how to sell our books. How about Art Pies? There's somewhere people can go and look at Art Pies' work. Not really. Not really. Isn't that terrible? We should have some sort of a web presence, except none of us like to do that. Well, your know, artists, or we have a Facebook page, but we don't really... When we have a show, we put something up on our Facebook page, and we should probably... Be more diligent, Katie. I know. That's true. Get the whip out. We're, who's, who's we're in charge of that with our... There is no one in charge of it. That may be the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. We like to get together and eat and drink. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot more of that than there is. Uh, so, other, uh, so, ahead, speaking of other Art Pie artists, if, if we, what I love about this group, aside from the amazing people who are in it, but the diversity of art right. that's in it, because we have... Um, Lee Hinton, who's done both fabric art as well as she's doing encaustic now and painting. 
And then and she made my bibs. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, because every person of an age needs a bib. <laughs> so and so I had Lee make several for me. And I gave two to my sister in laws who are of an age and they were not amused whatsoever. You gave one to my mother and she loved it. <laughs> what you gave one to my mother, and she loved it. Oh, good. Well, so get I, those two back from the sisters-in-law. And, and we'll give them to your right, mom. Right. Yeah, I think my sister-in-laws always... Speaking of my sister-in-laws, I, when I was first doing found art, I one of the first ones I did was of their mother, my husband's mother, grandmother, in her graduation portrait, which is very different. But... Uh, and I put next to her a silent screen star, and then I sequined them both, and I framed them. And I thought it was just a gorgeous piece. And <laughs> my sister-in-law said, is that my grandmother? And I said, why, yes, it is. And she said, um, why did you do that? Well, well I don't know. <laughs> because, because I'm an artist. Because it's there, kind <laughs> right. of like Mount Everest. So that's why I did it. I want to mention one other local artist that I'm very fond of, and that's Marianne Casey. Ah. And I probably own... She is a force of nature. She is a force of nature. For sure. She used to paint on her knees. I'd go to see her, and she was on her knees painting. Now, I can't even pick up my shoes off the floor on my (laughs) knees, much less paint a portrait, but she says she's quit that now. Uh, But I have lots of paintings by Marianne Casey. The first time I noticed her work, she was in Santa Fe, and she was painting Madonnas in those Santa Fe colors, and I used to download them on my printer and put them in my found art, steal it from her. (laughs) So when I met her, I told her this, and she goes, oh, honey, now you come on out to my house and you can see the real thing. So I did, (laughs) and she gave me one. Of course, she's my favorite. She's so generous. She is generous, and I love running into her. I want to mention Sarah Scott, too. Sarah Scott is from New Zealand, maybe? That's not local. Well, she lives here. She's lived here for quite a while. And she's self-taught, a self-taught artist. I don't think I'm familiar with her work. She has her prints in Mama Mocha's, and she does. um, Then I've seen it. I just didn't know. She does the art show that's so big in Birmingham that Beth Ann Uh, Hill... Sloss Furnace. No. No. What was um, the one that used to be so? Red Mountain. Oh, I can't think of the name of it. Anyway, she does those shows in Birmingham, and, you know, she's... I'm going to just guess one. The Vulcan. <laughs> sounds okay. like a good one. It does. It sounds Birminghamish. <laughs> I love uh, Sherry Shoemaker's work as well, <laughs> oh, who is yeah. a wonderful artist. And we should mention all the Art Pie people because they're all good. Deborah Strawn. Oh, her stained glass is wonderful. Dee Smith. Gina Touchstone. Touchstone. Does, oh, yeah, Touchstone. <laughs> I always Gina want to say Touchstone. <laughs> Deborah Strawn. Gina does mosaics and gourds. And, and she's also started doing encaustic uh, photographs, too. That yeah, she's those are fabulous. A lot of success a with. A colorist um, that doesn't live in town. Well, she, she does everything. Uh, Susie. Susie. Yeah. yeah. Chriswell. She does watercolors. Susie and, Chriswell. And, yeah. But she's living in Chapel Hill now, isn't Athens. She? Athens, oh, Athens, Georgia. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. She's our long distance, and so is Brenda Wood, who does gourds. She I lives down, down in the south and, well, you know, Alabama, and Susie's in north Georgia. 
In spring. In spring is uh, the daughter of Dee, and she lives in Opelika. And she's our most recent, she's our young member. We decided that we needed some young blood because, because all the old people come to our shows. So we thought maybe if we've got a young member, we can get, you know, all, all ages to come to our shows. So whether that works or not, she's been a wonderful addition. But you know, old people can afford art. That's right. <laughs> so. That's right. That's what I like about being old. Yeah, that's about well, the do only y'all thing. Have anybody doing ceramics? Um, well, uh, the well, I guess what what uh, Dee does includes ceramics, but she doesn't make ceramics. Who makes ceramics? Anybody? Okay, well, Dee does those little little bud base buds and stuff, but not ceramics and, and, per se. And Katie is an art pivot. Katie. Yes, I'm the one who doesn't do anything visual. But you know, but what? she's the one that started it. Appreciators. <laughs> That's true. If you don't have an appreciator, there's no use to have and she al- sell art. And she also has great ideas about our shows and stuff. And, so. she, and, and wait a minute. She writes. Exactly. Well, writing <laughs> is an art, and people do not realize it. That's true. And, so she, and she writes for us anything. that She writes the articles about us and all that sort of thing. And when we have shows, we may have art, but she'll do readings from her short stories and stuff. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of one of y'all's shows was I went back the next day, and Katie read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. Um, you know, I went to a symposium. Auburn, Alabama got a grant on the arts, and it was about talking about the arts, you know, and what's available in Auburn. And so I went to a um, discussion, and every single art was uh, children's art, ceramics, music, the orchestra, oils, the whole nine yards, dance. Okay, not one writer sat on that. And afterwards, I raised my hand and I said, Are, you know, is writing an art? Because I don't see a represented here. And they all sort of blushed. Oh, my goodness. But We forgot. We forgot that writing is an art. But, of course, Katie has that art. Well, everybody thinks they can write. I think that's one of the reasons that writing slips through the cracks. And well, everybody it, thinks they can paint, too. Do they? Gosh, I wish no. I thought I could. <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> that reminds me, speaking of artists, the most famous outsider artist in Alabama is a man named Mose T. And he's uh, not with us any longer, but he lived in Montgomery, Alabama. And he was selling his art out of his house. And I have several pieces of Mose T art. He, and I took my cousin there. And as we stepped out of the car, and this was kind of in Montgomery downtown, but as we stepped out of the car, we were stepping on gun casings, and she said she'd just stay in the car and I could go in and buy art. We go in, and uh, sure enough, I bought a bunch of art, and so, does, so did my uh, other cousin, uh, Judy. But Lucy, when we got out, she had looked at this outsider art, and she said when we got in the car, my second graders could paint that. So the very next week, Lucy is a bird uh, fanatic, and she was taking people in, in South America bird watching, and they all got off the plane in most T t shirts because they'd been a show in New York City. <laughs> so she called her sister up and said, "Could you go back over to most T's house and get me a couple more pieces of that art?" And, <laughs> and uh, Judy says, "No, I think you better get your second graders to do it, Lucy." <laughs> so <laughs> she never got any most T art. Well, I, I have to 
insert at this point, I've been asked to be a judge at various like you know, grade school art competitions. And the best work, the best work is done by the, by the kindergarten, first grade, second grade. They get to the third grade and all of a sudden they, they get afraid because you know somebody has told them something about art and they think they can't do it anymore. But I mean, children, have, they have the soul for it. They, we're all born with it, you know. And, and it's all on our refrigerators. That's right. Children are the best. Yeah, they are. Which children? Not all children are the <laughs> well, best. Well, the children <laughs> that enter the art shows <laughs> are the best. One other artist locally that I'd like to mention is Melinda Kreider. And she is a ceramic artist. And I have four of her pieces. And um, some are Santos dolls which um, only had one up until this summer, and then another one came up for sale, and I was afraid I had to buy it. So her art is very odd and so interesting, and she's a much, very much a talent. So have you? We think, I, I, we, think we, we can't leave out Poe Weiss. Oh, no. Oh, Poe. No, he's the top of the line. Just tell us about Poe. Well, Poe is a wonderful artist. He's a, he works in every medium, but he's a great ceramic artist. And um, I have, we all have some of his work. And he's kind of, um, his dad went to school with us. Yes. So we've known him since he was a little fair-haired boy. <laughs> but, uh, and a doll. Didn't he and Jessica grow up oh, together, yeah, your were, daughter? Yeah, they were born within months of each other. And yeah. who's Jessica? My daughter, Jessica Glasscock, who lives in... Uh, well, now in the Bronx, New York, and she is fabulous, and she uh, works at the Costume Institute as a research curator, and she also teaches fashion history at Parsons School of Design. And she also has uh, several books. Start Now yes. What? Now What? And she wrote a book called Striptease. Which was which yes. came from her her master's thesis and it's and it's called oh I can't remember the whole title but anyway it was published by Abrams Books which is the art publisher in yeah. New York and she had a five thousand dollar photo budget which didn't go far because when you're getting pictures of strippers they get mighty expensive I bet but it is I've a very fascinating history starting at the turn of the century with you know the uh vive t- what vive t- tableau vivant where mm-hmm. people dressed up like statues and that was as close as women ever got to being naked in public anyway that's my daughter well, she's fabulous but now what is her daytime job? She works as a research uh, curator for the Costume Institute, which has fabulous shows about fashion history. And so she's one of the people that does the research and helps to get the, the clothes that are a, a part of the exhibits there. The Costume Institute. Costume Institute, which is part of the Metropolitan. Well, it's actually separate from but housed in the Metropolitan Museum. Oh. And she has your little grandchild. And she has my fabulous grandson, Malcolm <laughs> Severus <laughs> Sheely, named after the, the uh, Harry Potter. Yes. Sheely uh, is his father's name, or else he'd be Malcolm Severus Glasscock, which would also be interesting. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I have toured in Hollywood the, not the Costume Institute, but the things that the directors go and get to put on stage, the dishes, I mean, to put in their shows, the dishes, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. would you call There's a that? name for that, yes. Yes, I saw the woman that and, does uh, that or something. I, there's, in this huge, huge uh, warehouse are things like coffins. Oh, and they have sugar wrapped up to look like cocaine for the uh, shows where they, the 
mm-hmm. police shows and a whole room of guns to be used and badges from every city depending on which show and each little item in this has something that can be scanned so the people who are doing the settings can just walk in point to things and they scan it scan it scan it and then they deliver it to the studio where they're shooting whatever that was one of the most mm-hmm. fun things i've done when i was uh, visiting hollywood my, my kid lives in hollywood so or west hollywood which right. is I guess Hollywood. So that was fun to go through and see. What do you call those things that they get gathered to put on sets? Katie's researching. Props. Props. <laughs> it was the prop. Thank you, Katie. The prop Here's master. Here's about listening to a podcast from Women of an Age. <laughs> and, um, so they can't remember their nouns. I miss mine desperately. And their glasses are also pitiful because I can't read what Katie's um hollywood prop warehouse yes that's where i went well any any other um artists we'd like to talk about you know did mm. we ever i know we talked about um eddie martin because he's a wonderful outside artist did we talk about him at length about what he was like so we've covered that yes i know we did what's we've the difference in outsider art and folk art it's just another name, yeah. another name. I, they keep changing the name, self-taught, outsider, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I actually They're all the same. You, usually oh, someone is that... Is there a difference? There is a difference. Oh, my goodness. Well, maybe someone that hasn't been formally trained. Right, um, right. But the folk artists haven't either. But the difference is that the folk artists use traditional forms. Mm. And the outside artists use anything like teeth. Right. And old pictures. <laughs> Whatever, and clocks, whatever's lying around. And et cetera. Well, I know that our next show is going to be about clairvoyance and oracles mm-hmm. and so forth. And we were, thought we'd, before we close uh, today, we thought we'd talk a little bit about the uh, oracle that Katie wrote a book about. Or you, you ghost wrote it. I co wrote it. Yes, co-wrote it with Dot Moore, who lives in Montgomery, Um, and it's about Mahalie Lancaster, who um, lived in Heard County, Georgia, and so near Roanoke, that area, right across the line in Georgia, but she was a very famous fortune teller, among other things. She was an activist. She ran for, was the first woman, I think, in Georgia to run for public office. I think she ran for the legislature. Um, Just really an amazing woman, so we, we can delve into her some more but she she's just and dot Moore is amazing too the oh, author she, she is about dot. so dot is a she's the author she's the author the, the primary author she's the primary author right so i just assisted her dot is um a former school teacher who also then worked for the state board of education i believe for years and she grew up in that area in Heard county and so she actually met mahaley when she was a small child and then was fascinated with her, so after retirement, she started just collecting stories about her from various people. And had a book the size of, you know, the Oxford English Dictionary kind of size, and of collected anecdotes and would go around to historical society meetings and talk to them about her, and she was in great demand. Anyway, I met her at a Lee County Historical Society meeting and we collaborated, I just helped her pull the book together. Right. You're good at that. You're very mm. good at that. That's and I think she. I think she is being modest as oh, usual. Yeah, uh, Katie's yeah. so modest, but we're glad, <laughs> or she would outshine us. 
<laughs> I read that Mahaley was born with a call, which is a placental sac covering the face, and that only very special people with special powers are born with a call. I personally am glad I wasn't. But um, David Copperfield I never knew was of such born a with thing. a call. David Copperfield? Yes, I think it's David Copperfield. One of Dickens' books starts off, I was born with a call. And I think it was David Copperfield. And was he a special person? Of course. Of yeah. course. <laughs> she, he wouldn't have written a book about him if he wasn't. <laughs> and also, I, when I was reading about her, uh, it said that she did not read tea leaves or look at a crystal ball. She always read your hand, and she charged either a quarter or 50 cents to do this. I think it was more like 5 cents to 10 cents at the time. It may be in today's, but she made a lot of money doing that. And um, she eventually bought a bank, didn't she? I, she, Well, she didn't really trust banks. In fact, when at some point they were trying to figure out... Um, Maybe after she died, they were digging up her yard and found money buried all over her yard. But she, she really did accomplish amazing things. The most interesting thing to me about her is that she had a, a glass eye. And she was very unusual looking. She looked more like a man than a woman. Um, big Adam's apple. And she wore a military hat. She did. Mm -hmm. And had always had a pack of dogs that followed her around, usually oh, black goodness, dogs. I think she was a man, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, Somebody said later on that she charged a dollar to tell fortunes and a dime for her dog. <laughs> it's interesting that you're telling all these informations, if that's a word. Um, a few years ago, I came up with a project. I was going to write uh, lyrics about all these prophets and oracles. And my M is for Mahaley one mentions the do a dollar for me and a dime for the dogs. That's the actually the refrain in it. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Well, that's interesting. She also wore a burlap, burlap dress and a, a gunny sack apron. And isn't it true, Katie, that she would alternate between burlap and a military hat and then something more dressy? You know, she, she, was, she was her own fashionista. She did whatever she wanted to do, but she did have these odd wardrobes where she'd mix and match things. And sometimes it would be very formal, and other times it would be the more burlap thing. She'd also switch out her eye, um, glass eye, so that she had different... It some was of them, marble, wasn't it? It was, but some of them were painted as if they were a bloodshot eye, and others were just marbles, and so she would do that often and, and keep people guessing. Well, we'll be talking more about Mahaley in our next uh, podcast. We hope you'll tune in, and I want to talk, uh, say to Terry, Terry, besides your art, you have now got a new art. I have... I am having so much fun. And what exactly are you? I doing? am a jazz singer. You're a jazz singer? I am. And where I've, do you jazz, Miss Singer? Wherever I can. I've had uh, I've had four actual gigs now. I've only been doing this for about two years. Uh, but every week at 8th and Rail, which is a wonderful little bar in Opelika, Alabama, on the railroad tracks at 8th Street, uh, they have a jazz jam every Tuesday night. And uh, there's a wonderful group of musicians uh, from, most of them are from Montgomery, Columbus. Jane Drake is the, it's her band. She sings too. She's a jazz singer. And, and how many jazz singers are there? Two. Oh, Jane <laughs> and no. Terry. And so you're two the late that, night, you're two the right women, late night yes. croner, are you? Uh, not too late. That's one of the reasons I like Eighth and Rail. The jazz jam starts at 7 and ends at 10, which means it usually starts at 7.30 and ends around 10.30. But 
that's good for me. So we can go to the 8th and Rail. On Tuesday nights. On Tuesday uh nights. And it's a wonderful bar. It's like Cheers in Auburn. The bartender, Tiffany, is a great bartender. She's very big and a little scary, but wonderful. And then Mike, uh, they own the bar together. Mike is is the uh, sushi maker. He makes sushi and cheesecake. So you can have sushi, cheesecake, and liquor. And jazz. And liquor and and beer and jazz. And jazz. Right. That's fabulous. And we're going to all try to catch you there. Jo- let's see. We don't have Joanne here, so I'm going to have to ask Margie. Margie, uh, where can you find or contact the Mystic Order of East Alabama Fiction Writers? Okay, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mystic Order of East Alabama. You can find the show on Twitter at the Mystics Pod, youtube.com slash the Mystics Pod. Drop us a line at the Mystics Pod at Gmail, or direct messages. Our direct messages are open. So right? remember, rate, review, and subscribe. And remember, be the flame, not, not the, the moth. moth.